Hello and welcome back to another episode of Football Chants and Rants with the Plants with me, Lauren. And me, Graham. We are dad and daughter, as always, reflecting on a busy weekend and some midweek as well, fixtures within the top five English divisions. So I may as well get straight into it because we're over halfway into the season now and all the matches and results seem to be so pivotal and all these teams' positions within uh, the table and things like that. So I'll start off by rounding up the Premier League and on Saturday we had Brighton versus Leicester and I think what with this time of season there's almost expectations or slight concerns that Leicester are going to maybe drop off like they did last season, not getting those top four places. However, they showed a great display to come from behind and win 2-1. Vardy's only got one goal in 11 games. That's slightly worrying, but Ian Acho seems to have really stepped up, getting 2-2 two two since as well. Madison and Barnes are injured. Johnny Evans, I'll be talking a little bit more about that later. But I think a result that Brighton on paper would have really looked to have trying to get those three points, of course. But um, three losses now on the bounce and they've not won in five. Their last win in the Premier League was versus Liverpool, which is quite interesting. And then you've got Sheffield United versus Southampton. It was 2-0 to Southampton, Ward-Prowse penalty and Shea Adams' brilliant goal. First win in 10 Premier League matches for Southampton. So, yeah, they needed to get a win at some point. Annoyingly, actually, they did lose Danny Ings in the first, I think, 10 or 15 minutes to an injury, but that didn't seem to impact them too much. So, fingers crossed he's not out for too long. And like I said, that's the first win in 10. And their last uh, win was beating Liverpool as well. So that's quite interesting that Brighton and Southampton, both their last wins in the Premier League were against Liverpool. Southampton, you presume they're going to be safe, but it's just a case of trying to refine that form for the team. Sheffield United have become only the second English top flight team to lose 22 of their first 28 games in a season after Sunderland did that in 2005-06. I know we've praised Chris Wilder a fair bit, but surely that's it. Sheffield United, they can't come back from this, can they? Uh, no, I think they're probably... Well, no, they're going to go down, you imagine. I think they'll stick hold of Wilder the same as uh, Norwich stick hold of their manager. And then Sunday, some really important matches as well as some super entertaining matches. None more so than the Manchester derby, Man City versus Man United. And I suppose Man City's run of uh, 21 successive victories had to end at some point. But for City fans, this probably was not the ideal way that they wanted to to stop the run. And it was a fantastic 2-0 win from Manchester United. Bruno Fernandes with a two-minute penalty that just seemed to really set the tone for the rest of the match. And Luke Shaw, thoroughly deserving um, to get his goal in the 50th minute. Um, Manchester United just seemed to tactically have everything down to the tee and just seemed to really contain a Manchester City side that have been unstoppable for so long. So hopefully Ole Gunnar Solskjaer will get the credit that he deserves. I know Manchester United have been under a lot of criticism, really, for their nil-nil draws against the top six clubs. But this is a result that obviously delight the fans and will just apply the pressure a little bit on Manchester City at the top. But I don't necessarily think that was what Man United are necessarily thinking about so much. Just beating them was the priority rather than the league table itself. So that was a really entertaining match. And before that one, you had Liverpool against Fulham. Amazingly, 1-0 to Fulham. Lamina, 45-minute goal. It's just so bizarre to be watching the title holders of the Premier League absolutely crumble and 
it's bizarre. Each match, you think surely they're going to go back to the the Liverpool side that were so dominant for so long. Yet it's just another loss at home now at Anfield, the place that barely um, saw anyone break them, but now has become a bit of a sad place at the moment. And no one on the pitch seems to be playing with confidence or desire. Good that Jota's back and he's fit, but other than that, Liverpool looked pretty broken and they're 25 points off the top of the table, which for a team that are defending their title is pretty crazy. But Fulham, got to give it some fantastic result for them. And, you know, I said last week they've been playing some really good matches and it was never going to be easy for Liverpool. And people, I think, probably didn't expect it from Fulham, but thoroughly deserved as well. And then finally, we've got Tottenham versus Crystal Palace. 4-1 to Tottenham. It really did feel like we were watching the Tottenham of old. Kane, so influential. Two goals, two assists. Bale getting two goals as well. Just really encouraging signs for Spurs fans now. They've been a bit um, in the stalemate at the moment recently. And since slipping down to the position they're in at the moment, never really have been on fire but now you can say their form is really picking up they seem to have a lot of players fit and a lot of players fighting for those places in the team which is always um, vital for a team to have that depth of squad so that was a re-entertaining match and obviously it wasn't so great with West Brom Newcastle nil nil but worth highlighting that one for the significance of it point for each team probably not good enough for each team either So to look at the table, Manchester City obviously still first with 65 points. However, Man United are back into second after Leicester won yesterday and they are 11 points off City in second, followed by Leicester, Chelsea, who obviously play Monday night, Everton, and then Tottenham now move up to sixth on 45 points, starting to really apply the pressure on Chelsea, who are fourth, just two points and two places above them. Liverpool are now 8th with 43 points and you can also look down towards the bottom of the table. So Fulham move joint on points with Brighton, but they have played one game more, 26 points. West Brom remain just below Fulham with 18 points. Obviously Sheffield United rock bottom 14 and Newcastle uh, 16th place, just one point above Fulham. And if you look at their goal difference, minus 17, so that's worse than Burnley, Brighton, Fulham, all around them. So it's becoming very, very close towards that bottom of the table. Another undefeated week for Fulham keeps the pressure on um, those teams around them. Yeah, so that's my roundup from the Premier League. Uh, Championship wasn't the most exciting day in Championship. There were some good matches, though, worth talking about. First one saw Barnsley beat Birmingham 1-0 at home. Seventh successive win. So Barnsley absolutely were a team that would have been tipped for relegation, not really thought of as promotion candidates. But uh, the seventh successive win, Daryl Dyke hit the winner. Barnsley's best run in the second tier. Takes them up into the playoff places, amazingly. So really, Barnsley absolutely on a roll, looking, uh, looking like they're going to get in the playoffs by the looks of it, if you keep that run going. Birmingham... Other end of the table, uh, the 21st three points clear of Rotherham, but Rotherham have got three games in hand. That would take them back into the uh, drop zone. So Birmingham, talked about them in the last few weeks, just can't score goals. 
48% possession, not a single shot on target in 90 minutes. Just not good enough, really. So Birmingham and Barnsley heading in different directions. Swansea-Middlesbrough felt like one of the best matches of the day, if not the best match of the day. Very, very even match. Andre Ayew opened the scoring in the 40th minute for Swansea. And Sam Morsey got a well-deserved equaliser in stoppage time, 90th minute. Felt like that was a, the right result. Both teams done well. Middlesbrough played well. Uh, but in the 97th minute, uh, the referee, Gavin Ward, gave uh, Swansea a corner, had a bit of a think, and then changed it into a penalty. Andre Ayew stepped up in the 97th minute and scored the winner for Swansea. That's the second injury time penalty winner for Swansea in the last two matches. Blimey. Neil Warnock uh, wasn't happy at all. <laughs> I was watching some of the stuff on social media, his comments and stuff, brilliant really. And I'll come back to that after. Uh, Swansea's third are a point behind Watford, two games in hand, and Middlesbrough, they're seven points off the playoffs actually, so not quite sure whether they're going to quite get there, but they'll give it the best shot, that's for sure, but it looks like Swansea are going to be there or thereabouts. It's interesting, those top three teams, uh, Norwich managed a 3-0 win at home to Luton, looked like a match that uh, Luton might give them a game, but 3-0, easy winners really. Pookie got two and Campbell got a goal. That just sort of reflects that they've kept the uh, core of that team from last year that those guys are scoring. Yeah, yeah. Ten clear at the top. You'd fancy Norwich to uh, to go up now. Andre Ayew, he's been at Swansea for a while now. I'll see his brother Jordan Ayew. They used to play, I think, was it both at Swansea? I think they were both at Swansea, yeah. Then they say he's knocking a few in and yeah, yeah, um, yeah. he's certainly a cool character getting all these late goals. Okay, time for Iran. And I suppose it's not the most of intellectual rants, but I'm just ranting about the fact there's so many injuries at the moment in the Premier League. It's just, it's becoming a little bit frustrating, obviously, for the managers. It seems to be constantly in the press. It's having a real knock-on side effect for many people's fantasy football, most importantly. Obviously, just to look at the most recently injured, you've got Grealish, Barnes, Madison, Ings, Johnny Evans, all English, actually, well, British, and then also Pedence, Mina, Wilson. I mean, the list goes on. And they actually released an article a couple of days ago saying that Liverpool have obviously suffered the worst injury crisis of all the clubs. So the players sidelined apparently for a total of 1,032 days overall. Obviously, you go back to Van Dijk, Gomez, Matip. Like, it's, it is ridiculous, Jota. Um, and Chelsea players, interestingly, have racked up the least number of injuries with just 279 recorded days. So, I mean, there seems to be more injuries than last season. Surely that's down to the amount of matches that they're playing and the very strict uh, schedule, surely. Yeah, just volume of matches. And I think the... Um Liverpool, good example. They, well, I'm not sure whether it's confirmed or not, but they're going to be going all the way back to Leipzig to play their home leg, having played their away leg in yeah, Leipzig. It's yeah. just all a bit weird, really. So, so not in yeah. Leipzig, that's in Budapest, isn't it? Yeah. But against right. Leipzig. Yeah. But yeah, so I think uh, they're particularly badly affected. But yeah, it's, it's across the board, really. Yeah, Pogba as well. So many big names seem to have picked up injuries this season. And it does, you know, make you wonder whether or not adding in five substitutions like the Championship below, whether that would have uh, been more beneficial for the Premier League. But shoulda, woulda, coulda, really. That's, uh, yeah, that's my rant for this week. What about you? Well, it's a sort of a double rant-ish, uh, but the uh, it's about doing the right thing and not doing stupid things. And started off with Granite Xhaka and that ridiculous yeah. back pass or pass across the box which was just 
silly really. So, you know, you get rid of the ball, you don't pass it across. You know, I was told as a defender, don't pass it across your own area, but um, to pass it across your own area straight to a forward, it bounces off him and goes in the net. So mm-hmm. What's even weirder is that um, then the team sort of defend him and say, well, that's the way we play, you know, that's the, yeah, that's yeah. our method. Well, it's, you know, it's not... I think it's interesting because during the week, Harvey Elliott, um, the team, Blackburn team, sort of um, supported him when he made a daft decision, dribbling back and should he give the ball away, should have whacked it out of the stadium, uh, gave a goal away, which lost the match. But fair play, young lad, first mistake he's made and they looked yeah. after him. But I think Granite Xhaka, I mean, goodness me, just just absolutely stupid. And um, But it's acceptable, apparently. Well, he's an experienced player, isn't he? Overall, that does seem to be the way that teams are playing at the moment. Like Blackburn Rivers, we do like to play out from the back. Overall, are you a fan of it? Do you think players do it too much? Should there be more of a mix? Some teams are quite strict in playing out from the back. There uh, should be a mixture when you're doing it to the point of giving away goals and then accepting that you can give away goals because that's the way you do it. It's just daft, really. Right, League One roundup. So there seems to be so many fixtures in League One to have to talk about because it's all so pivotal. Going to the top of the table first, Hull versus Bristol Rovers. Obviously on paper, top towards the bottom of the table versus bottom of the table. Turned out to be a very comfortable 2-0 win for Hull. Third win in a row, top of the league. Two goals from Gavin White and Bristol Rovers in the relegation places. Just one win in five now for Bristol Rovers. And then also looking at the top of the table, Lincoln versus Crew Alexandra. Back to winning ways for Lincoln after three games without a win. It was 3-0 on the day for Lincoln. And they keep the pressure on Hull and Peterborough. So they're just two points behind them in third. Interestingly, they only had 39% possession, but 10 shots, seven on target. Goals from three different scorers, Rogers, uh, McGrandles, Johnson. Crew, four to five points, 13th and seven points off the playoff places. Uh, you've got to take a lot of these, the places at the moment on the table lightly because you can see all the different goals and hands and things like that. So they're mid-table. And then the bottom of the table, we keep saying how between 18th and 24th place, there's only six points between those teams. Again, some really big results picked up from the bottom teams. Burton Albion versus Peterborough United. Obviously, Peterborough United are at the top of the table. And it was 2-1 to Burton. Two goals in four minutes from Hemmings and Carter. And then their fourth straight victory under Jimmy Floyd Hasselbanks. So he's doing a fantastic job. Burton moved four points clear of the drop zone. So a slight breathing space, but only slightly. Peterborough still second, but they've lost and drawn their last match. So it's very up and down throughout the tables. And then last two matches, you had Northampton Town versus Portsmouth. 4-1 to Northampton Town. Back-to-back wins for the first time this season. So it's a brilliant time to do that. Two points off the relegation Portsmouth are still sixth, but Accrington Stanley are just two points off them. And Portsmouth now have back-to-back losses. And then finally, got to mention Wigan versus MK Dons. Again, Wigan right down there at the bottom. A massive three points, 3-0 win. So they're now level with Wimbledon and Bristol Rovers and one point off Swindon. And quite interestingly, Will Grigg was back to his old stomping ground. I didn't realise he was playing for MK Dons. but I didn't know that. Not a very good return, obviously, for the old Will Grigg. He's not on fire then. Will Grigg's on fire. No. Not really. League Two, I think the League Two promotion battle is probably the most interesting in all the leagues. Yeah. Although the National League's pretty interesting. I'll come on to that in a second. But League Two, Cheltenham. So Cheltenham played Port Vale. 
Uh, Cheltenham were three up uh, with seven minutes to go and looked like a banker home win. Then there was two late goals for Port Vale from Swan and Hurst and uh, they hung on at the end, Cheltenham, to win 3-2. Port Vale had more shots on target, six on target, so they were unlucky, really, to lose 3-2. Cheltenham now top of the table, uh, but it's incredibly tight at the top. Top three, Forest Green, Cambridge, Cheltenham, probably two of them's going to go up, but uh, it is really tight. Port Vale 21st, five points off the drop, starting to get dragged into the uh, relegation battle with Barra Grimsby and the rest of them down there. Uh, but a good win for Cheltenham, that's for sure. And then West Country still, X to four, late and Orient nil. 3-0 at half-time, 4-0 full-time. Matt Jay got a hat-trick, so an easy win, really, for uh, Exeter against Orient. Very one-sided match. Tex Exeter to eighth, just off the playoffs. Orient 14th mid-table. I think they'll be probably satisfied with that, sitting in mid-table. Uh, Matt Jay got the hat-trick. He's a local boy, born in Devon, 25 years old. Uh, so great to see the local talent. 16 goals in 33 appearances this season, so well done, Matt Jay. And then uh, finally just dropping down into the National League, getting a bit messy with games played. I'm not quite sure what's happening at the bottom. Dover have packed up, put all the players on furlough. Uh, whether there's promotions, I think there's promotion. I'm not sure if there's relegation. But anyway, at the top there, you've got three teams battling away. Torquay were at home to Hartlepool, massive match. Uh, and once again, Torquay, having been 14 points clear not long ago, lost lost at home to Hartlepool 1-0, a Luke Molyneux goal on the 14th minute. Uh, they've lost three of the last six. Very interesting, still top the three teams now, Torquay, Hartlepool and Sutton, all on uh, the same number of points, 47 points, but Torquay have played 25, Hartlepool 26 and Sutton only 23, so Sutton are in pole position really, they drew with Wrexham 0-0 last night in the late game, so National League's going to be very exciting if there is promotion. Rave time. And I always seem to mention the Premier League, but seeing as I reflect on League One each week, I thought it's an opportunity to have a rave about Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank and the job that he's been doing or has also been done so far at Burton Albion, obviously League One team. And it's the second time at Burton and you don't get many managers that go back to their clubs that they've managed before, but he obviously got them promoted in 2014 and then they looked to him in this season when they were really struggling. And since he took over in January, they've won seven out of their nine games, which is amazing. Slight gap, like I said, now with four points from the drop zone. So a slight bit of breathing space. And he seems to be doing a really good job. And then you also remember and have to look at the fact that he also does Sky Sports coverage on a, occasionally on a Monday night or something like that. So, you know, he's able to still do some uh, bit, of, bit of coverage as well as manage Burton Albion and... Um, at the moment, you say, on the role that they're going, they should be able to avoid relegation, but we shall see. And obviously, he was a really good player. What do you think about him as a pundit for um, Sky Sports and things like that? Uh, I think he was a better player and manager than pundit, but okay. um, stick to managing, I would say. But he's <laughs> okay. all right. I mean, he's a good guy, Jimmy Floyd, and I say he's, he's done brilliant at Burton. Fantastic. Yeah, really good. So that was my rave. Mine's actually about Neil Warnock, 72 years old, just signed a contract to stay at Middlesbrough next year. Uh, it's his 41st year as a manager. Oh my Started God. in 1980 at Gainsborough Trinity. He's managed 16 different teams, two of them twice. And it's just, I mean, 72, he doesn't, I'm sure he doesn't need to work. He's not one of the richest men in the world, but equally he's not poor. So, But it's just that passion for football and there's nobody more vociferous and gets carried away more on the touchline and yeah. interesting in an interview like yesterday when they were robbed and all those things. So I think 
it's hard to find anybody more passionate and driven and obsessed with football than Neil Warnock, 72 years old, 41st year as a manager, just signed up to his 42nd. Because he could easily retire, right? Because he's so outspoken. Yeah, he could easily retire and be a pundit if they laugh him if he doesn't uh, (laughs) cause any trouble. But no, I mean, what a a career and uh, he just doesn't want to give up. Brilliant. Barn of the week. Well, we talked about pundits, and I've gone for another pundit that I've been watching a bit on TV. Not long been doing it on Sky Sports, but 37 year old, retired, played for nine different clubs, kind of was a bit of a super sub, but also a quite prolific striker. And I've gone for Darren Bent. I think he used to have quite a shaved hair, never very much going on, but he seems to have let it grow. Now he's on TV a little bit more, not running around as much. He's contained it, and I think he's got a brilliant hairline. So, um, yeah, that's my Barnet of the Week, Darren Bent. Uh, I've got, uh, I'm going back to the Exeter match and the hat trick hero, Matt J. Okay. Uh, just researching him a bit. I said, local lad. Uh, Exeter the Grecians is the nickname. Why? And uh, well, I think it's something to do with the City Walls or something of Exeter. Okay. Uh, names the Grecians and uh, this hair product Grecian 2000 looks like he's got a bit of Grecian 2000 <laughs> as he's slick back his hair. So get on Google, have a look. Matt J. Okay. Barnet of the week for me. Ones to watch for this week. I've gone from the Premier League straight to next weekend, next Sunday. There's two really entertaining matches, you'd hope. Arsenal versus Tottenham. Um, interestingly, Arsenal haven't won that derby in the last five meetings. So, And they obviously drew against Burnley. Um, so, yeah, that'll be a really interesting match. And then 7.15 on that Sunday night as well. Man United versus West Ham. Obviously, David Moyes against his old club. Lingard won't be playing, right? Because he's on loan for West Ham. Well, as if they've specified that. I think sometimes oh, they don't okay. do it, but I think they usually write it in that they can't. I would presume he won't be, but that'd be interesting if he does. And the last time they played, it was 3-1 to Man U back in December, Pogba, Greenwood and Rashford. And they definitely haven't been as scoring as many goals as uh, that fixture. So that'll be one of my ones to watch as well. Championship, I've got three. I've got Bournemouth, Barnsley. Again, I talked about Barnsley before up to sixth. Bournemouth, seventh. So see whether Barnsley's seven-winning run gets stopped by Bournemouth, uh, who are looking for points, obviously. Cardiff-Watford, again, two teams who were looking for a prom- automatic promotion or playoffs in Cardiff's case, probably. Cardiff 8th, Watford 2nd. And then on Sunday, you've got Norwich going to Sheffield Wednesday. Uh, Norwich, 10 points clear, look to be well in. Sheffield Wednesday struggling terribly, really. Uh, new manager, Darren Moore, so got to get some points soon, so that'll be a good match. Who's Norwich's manager? It's still uh, Daniel Daniel yeah, Farker. Yeah, really? yeah. Okay. Yep. Uh, League One ones to watch: Peterborough versus Hull, Tuesday, seven p.m. Obviously, Peterborough second, Hull first, but they're actually joint on points. Peterborough have got two games in hand. So this is one of their matches, obviously, that they're going to want to. It's a six-pointer, really, at the top of the table. And then you've got Swindon versus Oxford. So Swindon are only one place above the relegation. Like I said, loads of those teams all getting dragged into it. And Oxford are five points off the playoffs, but they haven't won in their last five league games. And I was looking back and they've only got one goal in five games. So it might be quite a tight cagey affair. You can't imagine there'll be that many goals, but at the same time, there could well be. So those are my two ones to watch from League One. 
League two, you've got a midweek match. Bolton, seventh uh, versus Cambridge, second. That'll be an interesting one. Bolton having had a meteoric rise up the table the last few weeks and months. Uh, and then those two teams that are focused on, West Country teams who had great wins yesterday. Exeter, eighth versus Cheltenham, first. So that's going to be a cracking match at St James's Park uh, next weekend. And then Grimsby versus Colchester. Grimsby, 24th. Colchester, 20th. Grimsby now five points adrift. Looking like they, they, well, they must get a win really against Colchester. If they don't win that, they're like going to struggle. Finally, North uh, National League, Torquay, Boreham Wood away. Boreham Rudd, 10 points off the playoffs. Torquay, as I said before, struggling at the moment. So Torquay desperate for a win. So Boreham Wood versus Torquay, that'll be an interesting one. Right, that's it for this week. We've had a roundup of the top five English divisions. We've had some rants, some raves, as well as some barnets. And as always, lots of ones to watch for the coming week and next weekend. So we'll be back with some more football chants and rants with the plants next week. We'll see you then. <laughs>